welcome to Vague Town. I'm your host, Daniel. Joining me, as always, is... Thomas. <laughs> and what movie are we discussing this week, Thomas? This week, we're talking about the Daniel Radcliffe picture, Guns Akimbo. And what a picture it is. <laughs> what, uh, a, what a movie it is. <laughs> yeah, so... Okay, so you selected this movie. Why, what, why did you choose this? I guess I chose this movie because... When it was still, like, being promoted, I guess not really promoted, but when it it was still being made in production, there was a viral picture that went out of Daniel Radcliffe in the streets in a a robe and in his underwear with, like, these two guns just, like, bolted to his hands, just, like, looking frantic. And so that one picture kind of sparked my interest. I knew it would be an over-the-top, like, you know, a very ridiculous affair, and so... You know, that definitely turned out to be the case. And so, yeah, back when that that image came out, I was just like, okay, I got to see what this movie is just because Daniel Radcliffe has certainly made some interesting career turns. And so, yeah, I was I was down for it. Yeah, that's all you needed. And you were you were sold. Yeah. Uh, So, okay, what 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 were you expecting going into this? Because I had my expectations. (laughs) Uh, Honestly, my expectations were pretty mid-level like i knew it was going to be like action movie Uh, it's going to be kind of funny or you know action comedy and over the top and ridiculous and sort of a modern version of some older type of ideas getting flipped around um i don't want to get too much into spoiler territory just yet so i'll 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 keep it vague for this (laughs) this part yeah yeah but yeah it seemed to be like a silly movie kind of in the same line as like crank or something where it's just like, okay, Definitely. Like, it's going to be like over the top ridiculous and you know, something silly at the end of the day. Yeah. So were you, yeah, without spoilers, just what did you think of guns akimbo? I wasn't crazy about it. I, I don't want to say I hated it because there are parts of it that I enjoyed and I thought were, kind of like thought-provoking i will flat out say this is a bad movie it's a movie. Okay. <laughs> yeah i will say it, I, I categorize it as like a bad movie with some parts that were interesting and thought-provoking but overall it kind of bored me um yeah so i when you proposed this movie i was totally ready to hate it uh <laughs> i did not expect this to be very good yeah. um and then yeah watching it uh what can I say? It was I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, I, sure. I guess I agree with you that it is certainly uh, a bad movie. Maybe um, I don't actually. I don't even know if I would go so far as to say it's a bad movie. I think it's well constructed. It's well made. Um, but there, there's some parts where like I, I saw a good intention behind some things, but they just turned out overall kind of sloppy. What I will say is, no one has to waste their time with this movie. Uh, okay. If, that... <laughs> if you're on board, if you want to check it out, you'll probably be fine. You'll probably, you, you know, you won't regret your decision necessarily. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this isn't something you have to run out and go see. Yeah, if, if it's like on the USA Network in a couple of years, you know, I, I wouldn't mind sitting down and watching a, a, a couple scenes in it. Um, so, yeah, let's get into a deeper discussion. We'll open things up to spoiler territory. Um, All right, for sure. Uh, so do you want to do a little kind of breakdown of like the plot or should I get into it? I mean, what is there to say about the plot? Like, uh, <laughs> go, go for it. All right. Well, I guess it starts off kind of with a very ominous, uh, like introduction and like, 
a speech slash monologue from this really strange character who's kind of t- telling us that like you know the things we want to see are like we like want to see violence or some something along those lines of commentating on like what the audience wants and yeah. like, the desires and it's kind of playing on that and then we get it's some, like a floating dr manhattan head yeah 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 and then we sort of dive into this sort of mundane world that's narrated by uh this character played by daniel radcliffe and it's the narration of miles yes yeah, yeah so miles is the, the the video game programmer who's kind of just like in this weird boring haze he says he just like uh, stares at the same three apps all day until he falls asleep and so there's like this really just sharp mundanity to what he's doing and so yeah there's there's some like social commentary things going on with like the modern de- plight of you know the average worker kind of lost in the cog or sorry, a cog in the machine so to speak and so yeah that is a big part of it and that introduction leads us to schism this is this underground fighting app world where you know there's people out there just like fighting to the death on the streets and yeah and it's actually this funny detail the name of the city is shrapnel city i don't know if you caught that oh uh, i didn't know yeah the, it shows up on a, like a, a laptop screen i just like laughed for a second i was like okay this is like a grand theft auto kind of like world where it's just like this is not like an actual city this is just like like yeah uh, yeah the out- video game <laughs> stuff is is very kind of on the net like the fact that he's a video game programmer it's it's setting you up for what this is the sort of vibe and aesthetic that this is going for yeah definitely very like aware of itself and that's one thing that sticks out a lot is just like it's the narration and it's very like honest with what kind of movie it is and it's just like a very you know glossy and violent and fourth wall kind of breaking movie yeah uh, it felt like I, the vibe I got from this movie. It kind of felt like I was watching an hour and forty-five minute Borderlands cutscene. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, go ahead. Okay, so yeah, basically, um, uh, our, our boy Miles, he like he's really bored with his life and inadvertently gets roped into the world of Schism, and he has like an uh, like a relationship that's sort of in the process of failing that he wants to keep going and there's not really much to that but you know they they need a little bit of romance there so there's a little bit of you know, a side romance uh, damsel in distress thing that kind of develops on later which yeah I, so yeah. this movie does an interesting thing where at one point daniel radcliffe says something about how this his voiceover says this isn't a he says something like this isn't a romantic movie this yeah, isn't so a this movie is not, yeah <laughs> this isn't a movie where the guy gets the girl like some sort of xbox achievement he says something yeah. like that which is it feels kind of like this movie's trying to have its cake and eat it too by being like aware of the damsel in distress trope and yeah. like but at the same time this character nova his girlfriend kind of doesn't that is kind of the role she exists within you know yeah definitely and yeah this it seems weird because they definitely have a very uh, active and a powerful female character with Nyx, even though, like, I don't like any of her dialogue or much of her stuff at all, but, like, she still, like, has a lot of agency and, like, drives a lot of action in the movie. Yeah, and explain who Nyx is. 
Nyx is like one of the best uh, players, I guess, in the world of Schism, and she's like has this deep backstory that we sort of get fed throughout the movie that I'm sort of into, sort of not into, but overall she's like the badass. She is like the the Terminator ultimate level yeah, uh, warrior out there, and so like there is some cool camera work. I like like the way the camera like rotates. I feel like the trick gets overused a little bit but like i love the fluidity of the fighting and just like everything kind of goes lightning speed and it's a very like fluid photography there so yeah i really appreciate the way it's just dynamic and it feels very energetic i mean it definitely feels akin to what you said earlier which is like crank and also did you ever see that movie gamer with gerard butler I don't think I saw Gamer all the way through. I remember, like, maybe bits and pieces of it. It's definitely, like, more akin to that than something like John Wick. Like, it's a... Yeah, like these. This is trying to be, like, a very fun, stylistic action movie that just glorifies violence and celebrates stylistic violence. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I think it it kind of is a little too aware aware of that at times, and I think it is a little bit held back by that, but overall, I think it's a solid piece you know, it's it's true to that the entire way through once they're doing the one-liners at the end i was just like kind of rolling my eyes but i was like okay yeah, like if this is if this is the the territory where we were headed to like you guys totally did it like the guy saying hammer time i was just like oh my god like just like yeah this when is like she a ninja turtles movie <laughs> when she raises her i think it's she's also raising a hammer and she says i've got the power and it starts yeah. playing super freak yeah that yeah. was like when it was I think at that point it had been a little too much for me. Yeah, yeah. It gets extremely over the top, but there are some parts of where they're like, uh, it's aware, and then there's like, I don't know, a good kind of, I don't know, there's a good play on that. Like, there's a part where these henchmen are about to throw this guy out of this truck, and he's like, do you, like, watch this when you get home? And he's like, no, like, I don't like oh, this yeah. hyper-violence. And he's like, well, you're a hitman. And he's like, well, do you think a top chef goes home and, like, watches cooking shows? And I, I thought that was really funny. And so this movie has, like, a good, I don't know, a good sense of humor. It's just definitely over the top in a lot of areas. Yeah, I think, I think this kind of goes back to what I was saying about, like, it feels like it's having its cake and eating it, too, where... So, so the movie starts with Schism saying oh you know you scroll through your phone you want to see you're looking at pictures of dogs and inspirational quotes but really what you want to see is violence and that's why you go to that's why you read the news and stuff like that and it's yeah it's true you know anytime i'm looking at dogs i'm just waiting to see a death video right (laughs) but um like so so what this movie ends up doing is it is the celebration of stylized violence but it also feels very controlled and like kind of safe in a way because we get these schism henchmen that like uh daniel radcliffe's character miles and nicks uh you know eventually in the movie they sort of team up to take down schism and these henchmen they're all wearing masks and it feels like it's trying to lessen the humanity of these characters to make it feel more acceptable to kill them in this like cartoonish violence and it's very cartoonish like we have there's a scene where nicks just like seems to pull a bazooka out of nowhere yeah um and like the way the violence operates in this movie the way the game operates in this movie uh it feels like the rules are never really too clearly defined and definitely I th- yeah i think if they had more definition it would kind of bog down the movie and make it it, it, it would make it 
something that you want to take more seriously or that you're forced to take more seriously. Yeah. But because there's no, nothing is concrete, it gives it this elasticity where it could just kind of do whatever it wants, and you have to be on board with that, I think. Yeah, I totally agree. And I was going to say, when it kind of sidesteps the rules a little bit, I feel it kind of draws from the purge a little bit, where it wants to just get to the fun part, quote-unquote, faster. But, like, yeah. like, like, don't worry about, like, the, the numbers and, like, you know, how the cameras are all set up. Or, you know, it's just we want to see the audience reacting to the, the, you know, the ridiculous shit. And so, and, yeah, and we do see the audience. It keeps cutting to, throughout the movie, it keeps cutting to people on their phones who are watching this game that is being broadcast online and going back to sort of uh you know the rules lacking any sort of clarity uh and and like this kind of being out of touch with reality uh er this this movie takes place over the course of at least a day maybe two days and every yeah. time we cut back to the audience watching on their phones they always seem to be in the same place <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, wearing the same clothes yeah, it seems like a like a hour, a couple of hours for them because yeah, especially like the bros in the dorm room. It's like four guys and like yeah, their entire they look like they're in like a locker room or something. Yeah, it looks like kind of <laughs> a locker room slash dorm room fantasy sequence. Yeah, but, yeah. it's like a sweat lodge. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, every time this the same pose like is they're all shirtless, kind of just hunched over the phone. And same with the guy with like who they reveal he has like a, a blow-up doll next to him but yeah he's just sitting in his room eating chips the entire time so yeah the time frame is a little all over the place but it's yeah it's more concerned with just like the video game aspect of just going through the bosses getting to the head guy yeah they even mentioned the final showdown on the roof and so yeah it's very like aware of these tropes and these type of like i don't know these this language is, is something that it's very familiar with and so it's playing with these ideas but yeah sometimes a little too much at times i think yeah it definitely feels like one of the most video game influenced movies i've seen that wasn't definitely. explicitly about video games yeah it made me think of the ryan reynolds one um uh first guy or did that, that come one? out uh i don't i don't remember i think it might have came and went covid yeah <laughs> looking it up yeah because it reminded me of that too uh free guy did it come out no it's, it's supposed to come out this year okay it's never coming out <laughs> so, so, but yeah this movie is very it's very it knows that it's a video game inspired movie. It reminds you that it's a video game inspired movie. Miles works for a video game company. There's a scene in this movie that's first person perspective where he's getting the guns drilled into his hands. And it reminds me a lot of Doom 2016, the very beginning of that game, where you have a man, the main character, Doom Guy, who's like strapped to this stone table and he's kind yeah, of looking a around. Great, great introduction. And it just, it almost feels. It feels exactly the same as <laughs> that scene. And then later on, probably like the next scene, Miles is at home, Nick's come to his house to attack him, and we see Doom 2016 on the table. Yeah. So I'm sure they knew what they were doing. Like, it, it feels like a quotation. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think in that regard, it's it's really smart in a lot of ways, where, like, it, it does things really specifically, and it's, like, very well thought out 
but yeah sometimes just the visual delivery of it just feels very kind of contrived i don't know like the texting popping up on screen i, I just felt like there could have been a more animated way to I don't, maybe that is the way to do it but for a movie that seemed to be so like i don't know i don't know it feel i felt like that just seemed like a lazy decision to for just the slow setup you know what was the lazy decision to have the text on the screen when he's like talking to, to Nova, when he's trolling no or... uh well, that part too yeah like he like there's that whole thing where he's he's trolling that's how he gets into the trouble he gets on these message boards and he's talking all this shit and then the admin gets <laughs> replies to him and he blows it off and then the whole movie ensues but yeah the text is showing up on on the screen and that's the way we get to read it but when he's linking up with nova that's the little thing that we get on the screen too and i felt like that was just like okay like maybe a call or something it just felt like yeah. a lazy way to do it because you know it's yeah that's just uh, a small criticism i mean i have a hard time any anytime we see texting on screen it's like it just feels did you ever see personal shopper no it's uh with kirsten stewart and like that half of that movie is probably texting and it's like a ghost story Oh, and gosh, I okay. saw that, and people love that movie. I think it might even be part of the Criterion Collection. But For sure. why are you filming people texting? Like, that's... It's not cinematic at all to me. Yeah, and the thing is, this movie has moments where it does feel really cinematic. Like, when he first wakes up, it's like the camera's twisting, like, constantly, like, from zooming, like, pushing into the bed, and he, like, falls off, and then he, like, he still stumbles around, and the camera's just, like, constantly turning during yeah. this. And like I say, like, they do that trick you know during the gunfights and it, it feels kind of like okay you guys are using your same trick over and over again but i feel like it kind of works because this movie is really dynamic i mean you know it's like a video game so it, it kind of helps that the camera is really loose and can, you know isn't really held down you know I, I i really appreciated that even when he's meeting up with her in the park like there's this really big pushing shot as he's like it goes across the water i'm like yeah like this movie is like photographed really well but i feel like it just has like some tropey moments it'd be interesting to know how many shots were in this movie like what the shots per minute were because the editing in this movie is pretty gnarly yeah yeah especially when like when mix goes into like the drug dealer spot and like lays out the entire room i'm just like okay that's kind of her introduction right when we first get her name on screen no, we first meet her in the, the car chase, I guess. On yeah. The very, very beginning. Like really but yeah, slick. that that scene of her like shooting up the drug place is like it out Suicide Squad and Suicide Squad because it's yeah. like it's totally like a music video action scene. Like this movie is has kind of an infatuation with playing like rock music over action sequences and just like yeah, cutting yeah. to the beat. Um, that's what I say. It reminds me of like an '80s action movie, like a, a Ninja Turtles type of movie, where it's like, okay, that's like, and the needle's gonna drop, and the fight's gonna happen, and it's all slow motion. I'm like, all right, this movie is. It feels like kind of dated in a weird way. Hmm. Yeah, I have been in a Ninja Turtles mood lately, so maybe that's part <laughs> of why I took to this movie a little more than I thought I would. Um. Yeah, it's good, like popcorn Saturday morning type of vibe. So yeah, okay. So one thing I was confused about with this movie is the relationship between the police and schism because it feels like schism. Okay. I don't, I think there's a lot I don't understand about this movie. So, so Nix is supposedly the best player within this schism game, right? Correct. How long has she been playing? And is there any, it's not like a battle Royale situation where they 
they like die if they refuse to play right like so yeah that's a that's a really good question yeah that's <laughs> um yeah i'm not sure yeah how long she's been involved in this and like do we know how she got involved in it? i think there might be a expo a scene of exposition for that but no there's a gap basically like the main baddie the guy i forget what his uh, i think his thing name is, is richter yeah like richter he kills <laughs> he sorry he sets uh he sets nix's parents car on fire and when he does this he's mm-hmm. filming it and he's doing it as like an intention of being like okay this is going to be like me filming like this next type of phenomenon just filming death and that's going to yeah. be like this sick thing and that incident leads her to becoming the Knicks that she is now. They definitely like gloss over it super fast with like one line. He's just like, I tried to get her the help she needed and I couldn't do that. And then this happened. And so, yeah, there's a big gap in that. So how did she become part of the game? That's, I'm not sure. And I don't know if the movie actually really tells us that either. It just starts off with the world is how it is, how it is. And so, yeah, you just get sucked in. Yeah, because it's like Miles is brought into the game against his will, but like Nova is shocked that he's a participant. She seems to think he volunteered, which makes me think that the way it's typically run is that people volunteer for it. But if Richter, who's like the big bad, has this previous relationship with Nyx in a way, then has he forced her into the situation? Yeah, he says, yeah, there's even the deal saying that, like, if this is the last kill, you know, then she's done. And so there's yeah. clearly, like, a deal. There's something kind of, some backstory there, but they gloss over it. And they I don't guess really... they'll just stop sending people to try and kill her? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, they give, definitely give us more information. Is there any how... prize for doing this? Um, That's also not really mentioned, <laughs> like, what anyone gets at the end of this. It's set up that there's going to be a global system at the end, but they still don't, there's no, like, prize money or, you know, your freedom. Yeah, so earlier I said that maybe it's good that the rules are kind of murky because you're not picking it apart, but right now what I'm doing is I'm basically picking it apart. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of how I felt while watching it, too, and I was just like, there's some things where, like, there's a good detail and there's good photography, but there's just also like some a lot of lazy choices, like him doing the like the griefing and trolling people, and then like talking shit so to dumb. the adamant. You thought that was done? I thought that was like I thought it worked out nicely. Like, he like, finds his uh, uh, IP address, and like I thought like, it all worked out kind of nicely. I think it's just like I've never seen a trolling montage in a movie before. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was dumb. Like For he, sure, yeah. Because, like, he has a line something where he's like, yeah, get mad at me. Yeah, 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 for sure. He, it's done in a really cheesy way. And he, he's just, yeah, like, pounding like beers and trolling people online. Like, Yeah, and even at the end, I feel like this movie thinks it's way more important than it actually is and, like, a lot more heavy and, like, profound than it actually is. See, I don't know, like, because I walked away from it feeling like the ideology was kind of unclear like it starts with trying to say something about like people's you know bloodthirst basically uh and how schism is trying to satisfy that animalistic urge and i guess what the movie is doing by having this really fun violence is it is proving to the audience that he's right and saying yeah "Yeah, you are entertained by this this is what you want however it's it's subverting it in some way i don't know if it 
is that subversion? If it's slang like, we think you want this, and so we're going to give you that, and you're going to watch it. Uh, good point, yeah. <laughs> like, uh... I forget what I was going to say. Sorry, I didn't mean to, didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, it's all right. But yeah, yeah, it's, it feels like... I don't know, this movie feels like kind of safe to me, almost. Like... So when I went into this, I was expecting something like Crank or like Gamer, and I was expecting not to like this movie because I feel like a lot of these movies give off the vibe to me that, you know, they're going to make like bad jokes that are mildly offensive so that they can seem edgy. And this movie didn't really do that, which surprised me, which I think is part of why I liked it. But by not really, it felt like the movie didn't really take a hard stand on like what it was trying to say. And because and if it had, it probably would have been annoying because, I mean, just being told, hey, you like violence, see all this violence, yeah, you love this stuff and you're bad for it, it's just kind of annoying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so maybe it worked for me because it felt like it, 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 it was trying to say something, but not enough to be irritated, irritating and preachy in any way. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm going to definitely comment on the fact that when you say it's safe yeah I, I wrote that down when the ending is arriving and like all these characters are kind of like they're just dying and it always bothers me when that happens in movies when there's a lot of gun violence and there's a lot of like okay like we're gonna be kind of funny with it there's gonna be a lot of death with you know so that's okay with us we're fine with seeing all this death on screen but then like important characters are like disappearing left and right sort of like his friend in the office gets off and then like the, the dad dies and then um nicks even like puts the c4 in her coat and like walks into the end of the hallway and i'm just like i feel like that's always the safest easiest way to kind of end this a character's journey in a movie like this where in like violence is everywhere it's like okay like they're these people are going to be dying so like these questions yeah. aren't going to get answered the people so need I, to get their comeuppance right yeah, and I don't feel like that kind of happens either because it's at the end. There's this moment where they are on the top of the rooftop and like they just killed uh, Richter, and then like they're about to like embrace each other, and it's like this flowery pink background and everything. But then it cuts, and he's like, "Oh wait, sorry to burst your bubble, but like this isn't that's yeah, that doesn't okay. happen in real life." And I was like, "Okay, like it's clearly trying to like show us one thing, and then like pull the rug on it." Yeah, rug out under us. that's interesting. So, like, I was just thinking, like, if this was a subversive movie, if this really was trying to say something about our bloodlust, then it would show us, it would result in showing us violence that was ultimately disturbing, right? Like, it would yeah. be like, hey, we're having this fun time. Oh, but there's like serious repercussions to this. Yeah, and, we like, don't get that. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's what it's trying to do with Nova at the end. Is that what you're saying? I think it's trying to do that with um, Miles at the end because he like he's like hemorrhaging out and everything. But I guess he ends up okay. It's implied that he ends up fine. Yeah, it's like he, he's totally fine at the end of the movie. It's like it's it does seem kind of confused with what it's trying to say because yeah, that moment is very like I don't know. It's it's a very like a definite moment where like okay, clearly they could have had that and it would have been totally fine within this weird genre of like fantastic things kind of happening in this in this world but him kind of hemorrhaging out instead is like okay this is like 
the real side of it like you know it's not yeah. going to be this fun he didn't get the super... girl at the end yeah but yeah. then like yeah the reason i bring up nova is because it's like she didn't run to his arms because he's according to his uh narration it's like it turns out seeing your boyfriend like murder a bunch of people like is is traumatic yeah um so but we don't really sit with that trauma at all because like you said in the next scene he seems to be okay and she's written a comic book about him uh where she where he's her hero basically yeah yeah so that kind of totally throws out the window any sort of trauma right yeah the more (laughs) yeah the more you ask me questions about it the more i'm kind of like rethinking about it (laughs) uh so what do you think of nick's so so nick's she commits well, she doesn't commit suicide. She she kamikazes uh, schism and like yeah. kills a bunch of the baddies. How did that feel for you? Because I, I I don't know if I really it felt kind of like a anticlimactic ending for that character. Yeah, that felt kind of pointless. Same with like when the like they do the reveal of the double cross of like the cops are owned by uh, yeah the cops are owned by Richter and like he like the dad gets off and I was just like okay like it doesn't feel much because like we don't know too much about these characters and just to kind of kill them is just gonna like it, it's not very interesting to, to, to yeah. say there was no real weight like we only knew that he was Nix's father for like two minutes before that yeah, yeah like he gives us the whole speech in the back of the car and as soon as they get out like he's done yeah and we, we don't know this character we never see really see his relationship to Nix so we don't feel the weight of that loss it just it's just something that needs to happen so that Miles can tell Nix, like, hey, I know who killed your family, team up with me, basically. Yeah, and I was actually going to say that I feel like this movie has a kind of odd relationship to suicide, because, like, earlier in the movie, he's, like, in the alleyway, and he's, like, trying to get dressed, and then he's just like, fuck it, like, I, this is just ridiculous, and he, like, puts the gun in his mouth, but then, like, there's this funny homeless guy that's there, and it's like, oh, don't do that, like, you're just going to blow your face off, you're not actually doing any meaningful thing, and then they that conversation kind of leads to them being a little little friendship and then later on like there's a moment when uh nix finds out that yeah her father is gone i think that's when yeah she finds out her dad's dead and she puts the gun to her temple and then there's like another moment with like okay they're they're mentioning suicide and then kind of like skirting by it and then at the end when she actually walks into the like the control area and like blows up all the computers and everything like i wanted to feel like this was a super heavy important martyr type of moment but yeah. then we find out that there's still a connection of it all around the world and so like it's still gonna keep going and it felt like empty yeah, yeah just, it's like, okay. totally pointless yeah you want this really <laughs> grand big moment but i'm like okay like it's it just seems like the easy way out in that situation and so yeah just yeah it's, it's funny it's like, yeah it's funny yeah, like it's really i had silly. a feel like i had a fairly good time watching this movie and now the more we're talking about it i'm like wait a minute no this is all bullshit yeah yeah that's when it, like when i was at the end i'm like yeah this is a bad movie like it's <laughs> definitely like in the a firmly bad movie but it has parts that are like okay got got me thinking you got my mind you know twisting around some interesting kind of themes but those interesting themes don't really get explored it's more of just like a shoot 'em up you know type of just a shooting gallery yeah, it's movie, a basically. borderlands cutscene. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's just something that happens on a screen, and I was there for it, uh, and <laughs> yeah. I wasn't bored, so that's good. 
Yeah, I think it, it could have gone a little bit further with, like, the body horror and, like, the the reality of having the guns, like, bolted to his hands. And I, I, I'd be curious to know, like, who watched this and had it be their favorite movie. Uh, I'd be curious to talk to that person. That's a good question. And ask them who, who would they want to be in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so when this movie ends, like you said, it... it, it Miles is in a car and he's uh, as they were raiding the schism base he was able to like send himself a bunch of documents uh, so so he's in, at the end of the movie he's in a car he's ready to venture out and take on all of these new uh, schism operations that have extended all over the world yeah. um, so it's setting up a sequel would you watch a sequel of this? oh that's a really good question because I want to say no. Like, I want to say, like, I do not want to be in this world ever again, but I also want to say yes, because I feel like if they if they have some more time and they got, like, this initial story out of the way, I feel like there is an interesting world in there. I, I actually like the Purge series a lot. I still haven't what, seen the Purge. That's, like, a guilty pleasure we should, series. We should, for the show, watch all of the Purge movies. I'm down because yeah, the first one is is really interesting. Uh, Ethan Hawke he holds it down. It's a a very eerie type of movie, and then the sequels get over the top and really crazy and and, and are more like Guns Akimbo, where it's just like we want to see people doing choreographed fights. Yeah. <laughs> that's like that's all we literally really want. I've heard those movies are like kind of woke too. A little bit, they, like yeah. There's definitely like a, a vibe of wokeness. So the the first one is like a Twilight Zone episode, low key to me because it's just like. Yeah, the purge happens. All of this entirely affluent white neighborhood, all of the doors and like the gates shut down, and then it's just like one black guy like running, uh. like trying to find like help, and then like he, he gets into the house, and then the movie unfolds from there. But yeah, I absolutely recommend that series of movies. But then it makes me think about like yeah, like that law- lawlessness, and like okay, if we're in these alternate worlds where you know these Mad Max type of things can happen, like I'm, I'm kind of interested in you know what people's thoughts on death and life are in in those weird sort of dangerous areas and so that's really thought-provoking for me but yeah yeah i mean when people are on the verge of death like that's a good opportunity to explore that stuff (laughs) yeah yeah at least in a in a more like video game kind of fluid you know fantastical type of environment i think there's a lot of potential there and i think you know that's why movies like crank work you know because can kind of see what happens when a human is pushed to that really extreme level yeah that's a series i need to revisit too because i remember i remember seeing the first one and just like not really being that into it it was kind of doing the thing that i was talking about where it's like making like mildly offensive jokes so that it could feel edgy Um, yeah and then like the second one like on paper i really like it because it is taken to such ridiculous heights like you've seen the second one right I haven't. Okay, well, we're not. I'm not gonna spoil it, but uh, it just keeps ramping up in a way that is. I'm very grateful that a movie out exists out there that is willing to ramp up to the degree that it does. Okay. Uh, I just don't necessarily know that the execution uh, makes it work. And also, uh, Mike Patton, the singer from Faith No More, I'm pretty sure he did like all the music and stuff too, which is pretty cool. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah. Guns Akimbo, uh, like. Yeah, so it leaves it open for a sequel. I feel like I, I feel like I think I'm in the same boat where 
I want to say I wouldn't watch a sequel, but if it was streaming, I'd probably flip it on. Like I want to, yeah. I want to believe that the best version of Guns Akimbo isn't this; that it has yet to be made. Yeah, I agree with that statement. Yeah, and especially if you have like the star power of Daniel Radcliffe kind of at the center to anchor it, you can kind of theoretically bring in some other people that can make it fun and you know so i never say never yeah just make it like a dumber james bond movie yeah that's what i was thinking i was like this movie is just like it's either not dumb enough or just like not smart enough it's in that weird gray I think area i think i center. think it's not smart enough because <laughs> it's like <laughs> I, this movie i, I agree because it feels like it's yeah I, I guess i'm all over the place like it feels like it's wants to say something but it doesn't want to say something enough to be preachy which is good However, you can say something and have it be clever and have that be a rewarding viewing experience. And this doesn't yeah. do that. Because, um, I mean, yeah, you know, I agree, you watch like like you watch a movie like Battle Royale, which is kind of another one of these uh, death game scenarios. And Battle Royale is a fucking fantastic movie. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so, so appropriate. You mentioned that movie because I, I, I love Battle Royale. Yeah. yeah I, when there's like arenas and a ranking system and stuff like that, it do, it does benefit to have like just get some rules in there, just get us get the boring stuff out out of the way, and then we can kind of really chew on the you know the elasticity of the violence okay. over the so, top. Okay. So so here's what the next Guns Akimbo movie is. Okay. It takes right. place in Japan, and the new head of Schism in Japan is Take- Takeshi Kitano from Battle Royale. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there you go. I'm into it. It'll write itself. You don't need any more details. (laughs) Sounds great. Sounds great. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, I think that about wraps it up for me. Yeah. I don't have any other, like, notes or big things that are on my mind. Uh, One more thing I want to, yeah, I want to talk about, about a reason why this movie is stupid. So, yeah, the, the ideology of the villain. So, it feels like he, yeah, he wants to expose he wants to create a situation where people are allowed to indulge in their animalistic bloodthirst, right? Yeah. And he's doing it for views on the internet. And, which is kind of weird, because it's like, what is the legality of this? How is everyone able to easily watch this, it seems like? Well, he owns the cops, so, you know. I guess so, yeah, there you go, they explained it. Um, But also, at the beginning of the movie, it shows him getting at, like, 150,000 views. That's, like, what the show has been getting. Yeah, yeah. While I was watching this movie, I looked up PewDiePie's YouTube channel. <laughs> he had uploaded a video of him making bread. It received 1.1 million views in seven hours. So yeah, yeah. The metrics on this definitely made me laugh, Yeah, I too, feel like the like, return and... <laughs> on investment is not... Extremely Yeah, low. <laughs> not very good here. Yeah, uh, halfway through the movie, the, like, the girl's like, oh, man, he's got like... 400,000 I was like that's like not I was like that is like early adult swim numbers <laughs> that's really really low the other day oh yeah today I looked up someone mentioned like a Jurassic World mobile game and so like I looked it up on YouTube just to see what gameplay looked like there was a video that had 35 million views Jeez, and it's man. like that shit makes me hate myself because it's like yeah, what? Like, why do I work if yeah. <laughs> I could just like pretend to be enthusiastic about a Jurassic World game um, there you go. But anyways, yeah, going back to Schism and Richter, uh, towards the end of the movie, he says something about like how what he's doing is art, and that felt like a shift to me too, because it's like, okay, are you doing yeah, this? Yeah, because he 
Yeah, he films the guy as he, he shoots him, and he's like has his camera out. Yeah. yeah, and then he calls the blood splatter Jackson Pollock or something. Like yeah, that. yeah. Um, and so it's like, I feel like that should have been more of a thing at the beginning, because it kind of felt like... So it's like, okay, are you trying to teach humanity something, or are you like really interested in you know expressing yourself as an artist because i never really got the sense that like this is artistry for him it it just felt like kind of like a weird sort of terrorism but yeah i mean i guess if you're making if you're making entertainment then you're an artist so yeah his whole philosophy is definitely really really muddy and like i feel like the movie wants nicks to kind of be like the main villain at least you know is as far as like she's the per- the person running around with the guns doing all the destruction, but you know Richter is the actual you know, he's like the Palpatine he's the one controlling everything. But we don't really spend enough time with him and his crew to kind of get a vibe. Like he chokes out the director, which I yeah. I thought was kind of like a, a, a funny scene. But besides that, like the the dynamic doesn't make much sense because yeah, like what are they trying to get? What are they trying to accomplish? Like <laughs> you're working on like a hundred thousand views, and so it's just like yeah, it seems really low stakes. Did you th- not? So you thought Nix was like a baddie? Did you? Like I felt like I saw it coming pretty early that they were gonna team up. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and I think they kind of play with that a little bit too much towards the end when there's like the whole scene where they they're given the Kevlar vest and everything, and uh, yeah, it just it takes a lot, of, like a lot of time to like run through the tropes of things, and so yeah, I saw it coming, but yeah, it seemed just really heavily weighed on seeing her go through rooms and do flips and shoot people. So I felt like maybe she was going to be kind of bad throughout the entire movie, possibly. Yeah. All right, so I think that's all I got. For sure, yeah, I think. Hit the, hit the nail on the head with this one kind of <laughs> talked we had opinions at the beginning and then they definitely they shifted, shifted time. <laughs> yeah which i think is means it's a good conversation a fruitful conversation yeah definitely it's a, a really interesting movie i'm gonna be thinking about it maybe not a ton but i'm definitely gonna be thinking about <laughs> yeah. it at least for a couple like couple I, more I mean as i was watching it i was like am i like would i think about this would i put as much thought into this as i'm putting into it if i wasn't anticipating having to talk about it <laughs> that's a good question probably not yeah i don't even know if i would have watched it because yeah it was one i was interested in but didn't even like jump on when it hit streaming services i'm really glad we kind of got to, to talk yeah about i'm glad i'm glad i watched it like for the mostly for the purposes of like i don't know i like being able to watch something and then figure out how i feel about it uh versus watching something immediately understanding how i feel about it and it's yeah sucking. definitely <laughs> Yeah, and I also, I'm kind of in the boat where if I think something might be bad, I want to be able to know and determine know why. why. Yeah. And yeah, not just be like, oh, it's bad because of this. Like, no, it's like, there's some some tropes and some some flaws yeah, deeply. With, like, the, what is wrong <laughs> like, here? Yeah. yeah, like, philosophically. Yeah. yeah. Um, so should we sign off? Yeah, yeah, that was, that was good, good episode. That's another episode in the bag. All right, do you want to do the sign off? All right, yeah, this has been episode of uh, Vague Zone. Thank you for tuning in. I am, I've been one of your hosts, Thomas. And I am Daniel. And uh, we'll catch you with another movie next week. Yeah. See you next time.